Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SoCal Summer Swing Out Podcast. And do we have a treat for you? So today we are joined by the lovely Annalisa Sutherland. <laughs> Hello, friend. Hey, Fred. I am so glad that we finally able to put this on the calendar. I am. Thank you so much for your flexibility. Like, dear God. You are phenomenal. Third, third strike. We did not strike out. Third time nope. charm. This one's it. This one's it. Oh man, it is good to see you. It is good to see your face as well. You've been having like a lot of fun. I've been seeing all the travels. You've been <laughs> clearly in, in somewhere in Central America. I think right over the border, swimming. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, jealousy. <laughs> I was in Cancun. It was uh, June's a crazy birthday month for me. But uh, yeah, but you also had a good time too because you recently saw your father, didn't you? I did. I, I didn't mean to plan it for Father's Day. Everyone was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. I'm like, no, I actually, we both forgot. I just <laughs> had a chunk. I was feeling really emotionally and physically burnt out on like dance, work, life, everything. Mm-hmm. And I was getting, I was like a really, I got like got a little frenetic and I was just like, oh my God, why is everything annoying me? Why am I so mad about everything? And I was like, I need to go home. Mm, I need yeah. to go home in a minute. like a little and, reset so I went and saw my dad and like all my brothers and sisters so that was nice I know we'll talk we'll talk a bit more about like uh dance burnout and just like the struggles of dance as an individuality but before then for people who don't know who you are why don't you give us a quick intro of you as well as like your how you start dancing sure uh so hi my my name's Annalisa. Um, Jesus, who am I? Uh, <laughs> who am I? Existential dread hits. So uh, I'm a dancer. I live, obviously, of dance styles. I live in Seattle presently, but I'm from California, born and raised my whole life. Mm-hmm. And honestly, spent most of my life dancing there. Uh, I do Lindy Hop primarily as my main, like, bread and butter. That's the one I sunk all my time into. But I, I've recently been doing more Balboa. And, you know, there's a whole thing with that. I obviously do solo jazz. Um, I'm learning how to do whacking, which mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. a lot of fun for those of you who follow uh, street dances. I got to Lindy Hop via competitive ballroom. So yes, uh-huh. the dusty closet, I've got like samba, bachata, salsa, r- rumba medals that I'm just like never look at ever again. Mm-hmm. But you know, I like to occasionally just be like, ha ha. Yeah. heels. But like, so uh, yeah, I do, I do that. I basically, I travel to perform. I travel to teach. I travel to compete for myself as well as just, you know, I like to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, that's pretty much, I think I'm not very great at the self-summary things, but that's it. I'm a, I'm a creative, creative creator. And that you are. I like to spend my time just kind of spreading my creative little fingers into every pie. Mm-hmm. Now, everything you said there, there are a bunch of different directions that we could go. I think that what I want to touch, a, <laughs> what I want to touch slightly on is the is the ballroom thing, though, because you you are a champion ballroom dancer. Like you have won things in ballroom. Uh, I was bad. I, I uh, so I come from a family where there's a lot of kids, so you have mm. to have an after school activity, something to keep mm. you like busy, because yeah. you know, your parents are working, you can't just go home you gotta have something that you do to like you get picked up and mm-hmm. I was terrible at many many sports because I just hate anything that involves a ball 
I'm mm, like, mm-hmm. why? So I ended up doing dance and my family were like, oh, she's really good at it. She really seems to like it. She really took to it. And so the only one that was like around in my town at the time was like ballroom. Mm-hmm. Like very much if anyone's seen that movie Strictly Ballroom and maybe they haven't, that's a niche movie that I adore. Yeah. I yes, I've seen it. It's so, so good. It's I so can't good. that movie. So that's that was like my my like my dad's life for a long time from when I was like oh. twelve to eighteen was just like the ridiculous costumes, the tiny heels, mm-hmm. the really slow, expressive hands. <sighs> like mm-hmm. the of the dance. And so yeah, I did that for from when I was twelve to about yeah, eighteen. And so mm. I specialized in um, Latin dances just because everyone was like, you should do Latin. A little bit of racism. They're like, you're brown, do Latin dances. But uh, also, I'm also not very tall. Mm. So, so I was not entirely unopposed to be like, yeah, I can't really waltz very well. <laughs> I can. It's just like for competition purposes, it's a lot different. And it just, I didn't mm-hmm. have that, that wingspan on my legs to be like, ah, yes, gracefulness. But yeah, I did. I did it for a while. Mm-hmm. I got into Lindy Hop accidentally because of ballroom dancing. That's the other thing I was going to ask is like, because you, in our last conversation, you mentioned you stumbled on it uh, from someone you saw, right? I did. So uh, I was living in Sacramento, California, mm-hmm. and there was a uh, ballroom studio called Spotlight. And every so often, like, this is pretty common for a lot of dance studios. They do like, you know, the open class day where they make it free to the community, try to get more people in. And mm-hmm. you can take all the classes in like a whole weekend. You can take one salsa, one this, and an intro level for everything. So yeah. it was pretty common when that happened that the studio was like pretty full during the day. And if I, w- I was one of the dancers who were on the competitive track. So I was there during the day, obviously training my ass off. Mm-hmm. And, and like, so we ha- I was like in a different separate studio. And one of the students who came in to do like some of the lat- beginner Latin classes from my instructor uh, was was Lindy hopping in the corner with her friend. Like those two had come together and were like, we're going to do, we're going to have, they were like two fe- two femmes in the corner, just killing, like, and they were leading and following with each other. And they were just dancing in the corner. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, what is that? <laughs> and they were like, well, we saw you. It's, I'm like, no, no, no. Other thing I was doing, whatever. Ugh. I do that all day. What are you doing specifically? Because they had put on a song too. I think they put mm-hmm. on something like Count Basie. I don't remember at the time. Mm-hmm. And that, that was very familiar music to me because of my grandmother and my great-grandmother. So I was like, oh, I love listening to this with them. I listen to this with them all the time. But you're dancing to it. What are you doing? And they're like, this is called Lindy Hop. And they were like, yeah, they have it downtown in the old, the old, the old town district. You can come down. It's, go ahead. Like very gateway drug, right? They're very like, it's fun you'll enjoy mm-hmm. it yeah I, did. I was like okay well I'm gonna go down and do that because I don't I was like that would be fun and it was just like a light switch clicked in my head I was like this is so easy and not easy like in a sense of simple but like yeah sense. musically rhythmically body movement wise I was like this makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. I don't realize why at the time because I'm a kid but something about this is clicking for me and that was just mm-hmm. like the deep dive of oh how long have I been dancing now Jesus since 19 coming on 15. since you were 19 or 18 no I'm coming on like 15 years now I started about 19 Dang. gotcha so gotcha. yeah that, that was just like the that's like a slide straight into Lindy Hop from there so this was in Sacramento yep 
do they do you know if they still do that like that outdoor thing at all I know that they it was called Midtown Stomp and it I think it has since closed and rebranded mm. as a spotlight ball it might have had be, now be called spotlight ballroom they might have like eaten oh. the name but the now <laughs> it's not the same uh area because it was the one that AJ Howard came up out of he and I are both from yeah and I was like yeah. right I left like right before he started damn so Sacramento put out some damn good dancers huh I mean Sacramento goes hard yeah they do it's uh Paul it's not a lot to do <laughs> it's not hot <laughs> Yeah, I have a friend Daisy who's out by Sac, and then uh, Paul writing recently. Yeah, Paul moved just moved. I saw that to Sacramento. So it looked okay. So Sacramento is where you once you did that, it clicked. And then did you start taking lessons from certain people, or how did you then like start growing into yourself as a dancer? Uh, that so that one was like a little bit of a hodgepodge because like at the time I was really really like you know you got the bug when you like start Lindy Hop and you want to do all the things you want to travel to all the things you want to and at the time it was um my family weren't very supportive of it mm. uh, my, at least my mother wasn't at the time so I had to mm. like kind of lie about mm. doing it I was like yeah, 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 yeah I'm going to a friend's house I'm going to a friend's <laughs> house and I would be like go, driving to San Francisco for to go to the 920 special I'd be like I'm staying with a friend it's fine yeah. yeah, I was like lying. I was like lying to Lindy Hop about Lindy Hop, which is to me, I was like, what the hell? It's the nerdiest thing ever when you saw it. Like, <laughs> club. like this is this could be so much worse, but like, I digress. So I started, to, I took the group lessons, and at the time, I, I think I was a little too new to truly get a lot out of group lessons. Like, I do get a lot more out of group lessons now. Mm hmm. But um, at the time, I was just taking those and trying to absorb as much as I could. And then I started doing, I, I made friends with a couple of dancers who I didn't realize at the time were actually on the pro circuit of like, you know, those instructors who travel and stuff. Uh -huh. But it was, uh, her name was Kelly Wilker, Wilkerson. Mm -hmm. And she, I don't remember why she was in Sacramento, but she was someone who I like, I became very close with. Like we were very, we got mm -hmm. along really well. We were like big, big sister, little sister. And mm -hmm. Kelly and Matt Ritchie were the two who like absorbed me because it was like the ball, the people who like ran the ballroom had their, their own little inner club. And I wasn't mm -hmm. kind of very like what they, it's very much back where people were like, this is how you should dance. You're a heavy follow. You are, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you need to like wear like the victory rolls, which uh, like you mm -hmm. need to dance a certain way. And Kelly and mm -hmm. Matt were like, shh, 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 it's okay. You're different, but you can do this kid. And I was like, <laughs> And so some of my earliest private lessons were like, because we didn't have floor space. So like Matt Ritchie taught me in a hallway between the bathroom and like the boiler room. Like we would, like, we would dance in like the downstairs hallway with all the pipes and stuff. Wow. You swivel on a wall to learn how to swivel the first time. You'd be like, now swivel on the wall, pick your feet up. And he would just keep yelling at me. And, but like in a very supportive way, like a very much like, mm -hmm. you got this, keep going. And I oh, couldn't even afford it at the time. I had to pay him in, like cupcakes and pie. And I wasn't very uh -huh. good at the baker yet. So he like really took a hit for the cause. Matt Ritchie is a phenomenal human that we in SoCal are very, very lucky to have. And then at that point, it kind of like ballooned out from there. Like I was, because Kelly was at the time, she was like retiring as a pro, but she knew a lot of people who I had no idea who any of these people were. Right. Did not. So I met people early on and started like getting privates from them and learning from them. And it was like Joe Hoffberg, Nina Gilkinson, 
Michael Fultisek, John Tigert, Jenna Applegarth, a mm-hmm. lot of people who like, at the t- I just were like, oh, these people are so nice. What a bunch of weirdos. I love it. <laughs> what a bunch of quirky humans. And then later I'm learning about them. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, hello. To this thing. That's, that's funny. That's weird. Yeah. So that was like, I kind of started just like, I took what was already a home to dance ability that I had from Latin ballroom. And I was just like absorbing from these people I was being exposed to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, like, first of all, John Tiger, like, he, he was the first person I saw swing out when I was in college. And so I was like, I, I want to do that. And he is, he is a special human in our community. He's a wonderful, <laughs> he's a wonderful um, with, Speaking of like people in the community, I know that the Lindy Hop community can be, um, everyone can pretty much like look the same, but now I feel like there is a growth in a lot of different people and a lot of uh, different, just a lot of different, I would call it, I don't even know if this is the right thing to say, different flavor in the people that, <laughs> that dance. And so I know that you, um, you are a black queer femme and you do Lindy Hop and Balboa. So I imagine learning how to dance in one environment and then being who you are, where you are now, there might have been a stark difference. So walk me through how, like, what it's like to be a black queer femme Lindy Hopper or swing dancer in general. I mean, I'll do my best. It's a, it's a, it's a hard one because like I was, I was already kind of alluding to when I started and still that there remains to this day, this pressure around like Balboa and Lindy Hop of like, it's very straight. It's very white. It's very, mm-hmm. I'd almost want to say it's very conservative in its own way because mm-hmm. it's like, it's like obsessed with the idea of like if you listen to all of our music and jazz it's all about like certain topics and you're like yet it's so at the same time it's like it's very like only certain flavors of that can be expressed like the sassy follow mm-hmm. only a certain mm-hmm. flavor of sassy though not too like not too different well, I don't yeah like a sassy white woman like yeah <laughs> yeah like, yeah victory rolls yeah yeah or not victory rolls nowadays they're a little bit more like modern right they got boots on they got pants yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got boots and pants Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so being myself early on was a lot very hard because like there, there's that pressure to conform like you're told you're heavy you're told you're doing certain things wrong like you have to dress a certain way you have to act a certain way your dancing is too athletic too aggressive too when you do something that you're not following properly you know you're not like doing what the lead told you to do and so all of that was kind of hard especially as like I was growing into myself as a black uh, queer femme of like being too much there's like only it felt like a lot of times there's only so much that's allowed of the follow and as we mm. get more and more like progressive as a scene we're only we're still only being like oh you can have more but still only this much mm-hmm. still only mm-hmm. this much mm-hmm. and that's something that's like really hard to deal with on like a daily basis because like now at a certain point like I could turn on like to me I joke around like of the autocomplete brain and like you can auto-complete and make a dance look pretty damn good without anybody if you're if you've been doing it long enough. But like mm-hmm. there's moments where you're like, well, I really want to like have a conversation with this person. I'm gonna like try stuff and I'm gonna purposely fail. I'm gonna try stuff and I'm gonna realize that my nails today are not working with what I, how I'm dancing today. That's a problem. That has happened to me. I've broken a nail literally in a swing out and I'm like, ah, oh, damn. You know better. But it's also part <laughs> of who I am to like 
have a certain like I dress a certain way because I want to. I dress a certain way because it expresses who I am. So I have to learn mm-hmm. to adapt these things about myself and shape my dancing, how I hold my hands, everything about around how I choose to present myself. And mm-hmm. so it kind of goes from inward outward. It's like the values that I have, the things that I value in dancing, the things I value about my own identity as a Black femme, queer. Those things I have to kind of like, I start to paint all of my dancing with that. I've got the mm. skills now, I've got the abilities and I can, I've got, I've got like the, the inner voice that's connected to music and trying to understand how I want to express it and how I want to express it is coming through that lens. Yeah. So it's kind of a constant struggle against like being told no or trying to, I almost feel like I'm always constantly trying to change someone's mind. Mm, constantly mm. trying to change somebody's mind whether it's the scene whether it's a lead I have whether it's a friend I'm solo jazz dancing with whether it's a I'm just always kind of low-key trying to change someone's mind and show them that my voice and the way I'm doing this adds to this dance and it adds to the experience and it adds to the music and it adds to the the song that's being played by the band it adds to all of it Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. kind of how it feels. It kind of feels like you're always trying to like to sell somebody on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always like it works. Don't just. I know you're scared. I know you're scared. It works. Trust me. I uh, I don't think anyone's ever like put that in such true words that you always feel as a follow that you're trying to change someone's mind, right? And I can imagine that that's hard when your values are ex- very expressionful. Actually, let me just ask, if you were to like state your values to anyone listening here, what do you think your dance values are that you keep trying to have a conversation with someone and say, hey, I have something to say, you know? Well, that's a hard one. Um, I would say to, to vocalize it, I really, number one, I value this dance it's mm-hmm. history, it's roots, it's connection to the music to me as one of the mm-hmm. I really think of it like I want to I want to be myself and showcase my love and respect and creation with the music and a wow. person. Because what I'm doing when I step up to dance with somebody is I'm saying, this is what I value. This is what I am about. This is what I like to do, what I like to create. I want to know what you want to like to do when you like to create. And then mm-hmm. together, we are, gonna, we are going to hear this amazing song that's steeped in history, is amaz- that's steeped in like parts of jazz. I'm not a jazz musician. That I, They can go into it deeply on how how important certain elements of the song are and why they're Mm -hmm. there and how they're there. And this is why they've chosen to show it to us this way. Mm -hmm. And we're basically, I'm basically taking all my partners ready to present all I'm ready to present together. We're going to present something beautiful to this music with this, with this dance, which has its own history of all that. So we're using ourselves as like conduits through which to channel all of these things and to showcase something. It's like a prism. We're shining yeah. all these things through us and creating a light. That was that was a fucking clip right there. That was amazing. The way <laughs> That's what it is. That. We're taking it in and we're like, this is the rainbow. Like how if you so I'm curious, how did you come up with uh that? Like how did that 
come about like that realizing that's what your values were or that's what you wanted to do or was that just already within you well it took, it took time because obviously like when you start in dance there's a million different ways you can go i mean mm -hmm. I think a lot of time people assume that the only thing that is valuable in this dance are like competitors the ones who win competitions which some of my my friends who are the best competitors in the world that i respect the hell out of them I know I'm never gonna get to the level of like Nils and Bianca. I mm. adore them. I res mm. I love what I love dancing with them. I love watching them. I love everything. But that's not that's not what I've I've focused on. And so it took a while to be. I still love to compete. Don't get me wrong. I will throw mm -hmm. down and cut off with the best of them. <laughs> but it's like okay, what makes me happy? What brings me joy in this above and beyond? And I think sometimes our scene gets too like focused in on this is what it's got to be. Like if mm. you teach therefore you're a good teacher if you teach therefore you're a good performer if you teach perform therefore you're a good social dancer and it's like those things are all different elements of this dance they're not like mm -hmm. just they're not the end all be all and so i mm -hmm. think i did them all i started to learn which ones resonated with me harder mm -hmm. and then taking my taking those values because like again i meant i think those values were put into me from a very wide eclectic family Mm -hmm. like a million different like types of people a million different types of like voices and channeling them into like one thing mm. that's always kind of been in me and so experimentation and finding what I like liked to do in the dance really hard and then taking that natural or inherent learned ability I had to be like let's take all these things and make it and showcase a thing yeah I'm the eldest of seven that's why oh snap okay did a lot no, of things yeah and no wonder you can break things down in an understandable way that was very eloquent might okay. i say sometimes i feel like i ramble if i ever just go off on a tangent be like oh no 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 that's the entire point because then you say what's like truly this may sound a little like i don't know if woo is right word, but you say what's in your heart artsy fartsy artsy fartsy yeah you just say you just say what's there and to me i feel like that's the rawest that it's kind of like the raw uh the raw element of just, just yeah essence yeah 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 and like when you when you were talking about how dancing just clicked for you that resonated with me and i imagine that's going to resonate with a lot of our listeners some of our listeners who i hope may be um black queer femme or any other marginalized community listening to the podcast they may say oh well yeah swing dancing just clicked for me and maybe the way you described it was a way for them to fully understand yeah that's how i feel you know haha -ha, the rabbit's paid off <laughs> <laughs> it has um i did i did want to go a bit more into like your dance journey right because you went from sacramento and then you moved to you moved to a, a couple different places, correct? And you danced in all those scenes. Well, I I, I spent a lot of time dancing in, Ca in Sacramento, California, probably mm -hmm. because in Sacramento I was driving to San Francisco. I told you I was like lying and driving to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I was lying and driving to LA, mm -hmm. and all of that I had to put on pause for like two years while I finished. My, I, I I moved away to college and I got my mm -hmm. degree. I went to Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. beach, girl. beach girl for life but uh, there's not really dancing in santa cruz yeah. there, there, there might be now i don't know but at the time when i was there nada and i didn't have a car because my mom had figured out i was doing all this dance stuff and so when i went away to college <laughs> she took my car 
Oh no. She was like, ha ha ha, I'll strand you on the other side of the mountains near the coast. And I was like, damn it, she got me. <laughs> she caught me. But so I had to take put it on break for two years. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to San Francisco and I started mm-hmm. back up. And in San Francisco, I was dancing. Uh yeah, basically at 920 special, which rip. I'm so sad it's rip. closing. Rip. rip. <sighs> Some of my I think my first competition ever was at 920 special. Oh, snap. Ever. With Matt Ritchie, I won. We did like a little pro-am. And there's a picture nice. of us like babies. Oh my God, we look. <laughs> I was like, dang, dude. And we were adults. I'm like, wow, what's going on there? He's like, I don't know. Not ask questions. <laughs> but, uh, so I went, I went, I was dancing there. Jazzberry Jam, which I don't think was around anymore. It was being run by Anne Monet and uh, Ryan Calloway at the time. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, 920, Jazzberry Jam. And then I moved to Seattle. Which is where you are now. And it's really funny because I actually, people are like, it doesn't seem like a lot of cities, but I uh, this whole time while I was doing this, I was traveling obsessively. And I still have Mm -hmm. People forget that I'm from Seattle, not from, (laughs) but I live in Seattle. They're like, oh, I assumed you lived in New York or I assumed you lived in LA. And I'm like, ha ha ha, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> For a while, I had people believing I lived in Denver because I was coaching a team out there. Because I was there every other weekend. And they're like, so you live here? I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. Well, uh, if you ever want to move back down to LA, like we're so down for that, just saying. Well, I would love, to, I almost moved to LA before I saw oh. Seattle and I went north instead of south. I mean, Seattle throws down those 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 Seattle dancers. They go hard. Yeah, yeah. they really do. Um, I want to talk. Yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah, especially in Balboa, it's kind of nuts. I actually want to talk to you about your Balboa here in a little bit. So the reason why I wanted to talk about Balboa is because you pop off, yo, like. <laughs> If you say that, they're gonna make me go up out of amateur level. I still gotta <laughs> win one. I gotta really. One. Yeah, I don't think I've. I don't. I have. Odd. Odd fact. So, Lindy Hop related, real quick. I have finaled in every single time I've ever done the amateur mix and match at Camp Hollywood. I have finaled mm-hmm. seven times. I have never podiumed. Ever. I, I've taught at Camp Hollywood now. So I disqualified myself because I was going to go back in an amateur again and Hillary Alexander was like, no, ma'am. <laughs> so, dang it. But no, I've never, never got the medal. Never have. So I always find that kind of a little bit funny. It's like one of my little like side jokes now. And I'm like wondering if it'll happen in Balboa as well. If I just like kind of could squeak that through and like never ever quite get promoted. Mm. But yeah, no. Uh, Balboa a funny one for me nowadays you were saying go ahead ask your questions well i was just curious because you i remember seeing you and bobby do baboa at uh at, at lindy focus which by the way was fucking amazing yes excellent it's my propaganda scheme is working i have a propaganda scheme to convince baboa dancers who dance with me more because uh. they kind of cared about it so mm. I, what I've been doing is I've been taking my really good Balboa friends and making them like just stand with me and be like, 
come here, come here, come here. So that's what that little Bobby, it was a propaganda push to be like, look, and it's working. Hmm. <laughs> well, good, good, because they deserve to dance with you. Like you're phenomenal. Speaking of dancing with you, I've danced with you and that dance, whew, that was good. I never danced with you at all. And I was going to go to bed that night at Lindy Focus. I was exhausted. I, I remember. Oh, but I really want to dance with this guy. I've seen him dance. It looks good. And it was. <laughs> I knew it was going to be good. Dang it. But, uh, no, it's the same kind of vibe of like that sleeper agent where I'm like, I bet you this dance is really going to be good. Nah. <laughs> should do it. And that's how it feels for me in Balboa a lot of times because, mm -hmm. like, I learned my first Balboa shuffle step from D. Matthews. Ah, uh huh. Ages ago in San Francisco. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not doing this. This is crazy. I've seen you all. You dance like this and you look like you're stiff. And, it, and mm -hmm. they were like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. Trust me, it can be good. It can be mm -hmm. really good. And I was like, all right, I'll try. And then, of course, like, D cheated. D like threw me at the creme of the creme of the crop of Balboa. Uh -huh. Like they threw me at Bobby, Mickey. They threw me at Corey Mankey. It was like only like only let me dance with like really phenomenal Balboa leads. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, God, this feels so good. It uh -huh. feels so chill. Yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite things I like to emphasize in my Lindy Hop is I like to look like it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. like go hard and look hard and throw down. And I love those looks too. I like to look like I could just be strolling. Even if I'm going really fast, I like to look like I'm just like, and so Balboa is like that. You can just look so effortless. And it, it also connected back a little bit to my Latin dance roots because it's very similar yeah. to rumble. And mm. I was like, ooh, this feels good. <laughs> and so I started doing it a lot more as well, like alongside my Lindy Hop. And I'm from California. So, you know, Balboa has always been around. It's not like it's a yeah. people, It's like you just, that's what it is. Always yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I feel, I feel you. I feel you on some of that, because when it comes to Balboa, I only started doing Balboa like for real, for real. When I moved to California, I sometimes feel like outsider or imposter syndrome that because I'm a, I'm a Lindy Hopper, you know. And Same. then, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, what, what, how was your experience being like an outsider or feeling that imposter syndrome when it comes to not just Balboa but like any of the like swing dance i still feel that keenly in balboa and also in lindy hop right now because for different reasons balboa i still feel it like every time i step out on the floor like i recently was at new york bow week and i did mm -hmm. a performance with like uh by uh, uh isabella she had put together mm -hmm. a routine for a bunch of phenomenal bow follows and i felt like a fish with birds the entire time i'm like oh my god what is going on and it was, it's all in me. Like, they were super supportive and it was a great, like, we had a great time. But it's always kind of floats around in my mind that I'm like, I, I'm constantly battling imposter syndrome in Bobo versus look, versus like, it's where I say it's even brighter than Lindy Hop. All they can say. But like, ah, oh, there you go. I couldn't hear you for a quick second, but you're back. Okay, okay. But like, it's even wider almost sometimes than Lindy Hop. And it's like, there's like that moment of like, I, ha I have to relearn the things I learned in Lindy Hop. I didn't think, I think mm. it was transfer. And I think maybe I'm a little bit ahead for Balboa of learning like how to keep my own voice, my own presentation, how I present, how I show up. 
I have to re- like redo it. I have to, and it's not relearning. It's more like being brave enough to to do it in Balboa. Mm. And I have mm-hmm. it. And I know I can be that way because I am that way in Lindy Hopper. I'm like, je ne sais quoi. Here we go. We're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just gotta do it in Balboa now. But because my Balboa is so newer to me, it feels like a little more tender, like a little bird egg. I'm just trying to like keep it okay. I'm like, you're okay. You're gonna do great. Mm. Feels mm-hmm. that way a lot of times when I'm around, and I have a lot of friends in Bal- Balboa who are very supportive, and like constantly gassing me up. Mm. Uh, Jen Lee is like Balboa mom to the utmost degree. She will be. She was at Camp Hollywood for my first Balboa comp. She was on the floor in rollers in her little tracksuit with her phone out, like us. <laughs> be ready for her invitational later. And she's like, "Here we go," and I was just like, "Oh my god, Jen!" <laughs> it, it felt very much like my mom had showed up with like a camp camp quarter. She's like, "I got you." So, I definitely, and Lauren uh, Smith and Peter Flayhiff are also wonderfully supportive. Like, they are constantly just my 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 champions when it comes to. And I have a, a ton of them. I could say Bobby. I could say Mickey. They're all they all in their own way are like trying to keep me engaged. Jisomo mm-hmm. does a lot to keep me engaged. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot. But uh, mm-hmm. I, there's like a small team rooting for me to do Balboa, and that's why I keep I keep at it even though the imposter syndrome is there for lindy hop the imposter syndrome now is really the it's it's a it's a bullshit thing because number one they don't exist really these levels but they also kind of exist tangibly mm-hmm. but people apparently have like elevated me to a new level where i'm mm-hmm. like i'm not allowed to do certain comps anymore now i'm judging now i'm teaching and traveling i'm i'm at events and i'm like oh and because people tell me they're like no you, you you're pro and i'm like no, I'm not. You're a pro. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And now I'm starting to actually have to believe that maybe I'm, I either am or I am now becoming one. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's something that speaks to my imposter syndrome. If Latasha heard me say that, she would probably uh, have very loud, encouraging words for me. <laughs> but uh, it's the idea that, like, now I'm with all my teachers. Mm-hmm. I'm with all of my teachers. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing. Every single time I do like a comp and I'm in a jet, like a mix and match, and I look down the lineup and it's all of my teachers, it feels so weird. I feel mm. like low key cry. I'm like, what's happening? Aww. How did I get Well, damn. I mean, you hella deserve to. You put in work. Well, and it, it, it's hard because like you see people who you know who are like still so many leagues above me to, me, to my mind, who I like, mm. I love, I seek inspiration from them. And it's weird mm-hmm. to now hear that some people viewed that me as that. Like I have people have come up to me after classes and been like, I saw you dancing so and so. I was so inspired by your performance. And I was like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like with the imposter syndrome and like feeling outsider, you still had like a really strong support system of people that let like lifted you up and kept you uh just like lifted you up essentially right yeah that's really been a, a very big thing because like a lot of events you know it happens at every dance if you don't think it happens it does we're like follows of color sit down a lot we don't get asked to dance as much we like it doesn't matter how good you are it happens across the board and so a lot of times that will get to be at weekend events where i'm just like i'm just gonna go to bed I'm just mm. gonna. I'm done. I don't know why I'm even like. I have a day. I've had dance like three songs, and it's a, it's a it's already the second like the second set's ending. I'm like, dang, is that me? No, and it's like, 
and it, you have those little support networks and i find those people my friends and they'll they'll be like no stay with me. just even if you're just sick or they'll be like oh they'll go grab somebody physically like so and so dance with her like it's it's like having those support networks and i could name like lists of people who are like my my support networks because they're just so powerful and lindy hops mm-hmm. a lot of my fellow black followers latasha shanna just those two are like whatever i'm with them i feel like lifted up on sh- like literal on shoulders like i can't fall down even though they're both shorter than me <laughs> I, I feel like i'm being, I'm being like lifted up from so far down those and just like in Balboa, it's the same at chisomo one of my good friends kendra dandy if you don't know her who's a follower who gets slept on a lot for those of mm-hmm. you listening that's with kendra all the time he will blow your mind but like these are all people and then these are just all people who just understand the similar situation that I'm in and they support me through that. And then when mm-hmm. it comes outside of that, you get the, the second level of support, which is people who don't understand. They won't ever live that experience. Right. Mm-hmm. But Bobby mm-hmm. White will never know that for me, but he also will do his best to make sure I don't feel that way or try to. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a lot of people like that. And I can name them off all day and just spend an hour listening to like friends who have made me feel less small at events. And a lot of times that's all I really want nowadays when I'm at an event, even if I'm not, even if at the end of the night, it's like, didn't place, whatever. Did your performance went well? Have your dinner. Now you're kind of winding down on a Sunday. All Mm -hmm. I want to help be is like someone who makes the room more fun for others, who makes you want to stay there. And I'm, it's, it's one of those things I tell other people who like are newer friends to me. I'm like, you can come stand near me. You feel lonely. Just come stand near me. Do you feel like, you you had a bad thing happen come talk to me about it i might make you buy me a drink but like also i might make just be like okay let's just sit in the corner if you're in a bed like i want you to feel like you you have people to talk to when you're there that you mm. see and you don't feel so alone because i felt a lot of that on the floor of being like alone in a crowd and then i find that face that friend face like that support network face and i'm like oh that's right let me go stand near them even if they seem busy yeah 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 i think that's so that that is so thoughtful and considerate of you to do that for other people since people have done that for you because i know there are some people in the swing dancing right now who they feel that they they feel so alone and they feel like they don't have those people which my hope is that this podcast for anyone listening they'll hear that there are people like that that exist especially people of color and so uh jen wang one of my friends here in socal mm-hmm. she she like challenged me and she helped me realize that there was so much more that I could do to dance with more people of color and people of just different body types in general and I'm grateful for friends like that who just tell me tell me that kind of stuff straight up you know and my hope is that what you're saying resonates with other people and maybe even other people who are in teaching and leadership roles that it's a it's good for those people to have those spaces and to be those spaces, you know? And I know that there's like a lot that goes into like, as far as like, I, I, I try to do the same, like you said, I could be doing better. And I often try to like bust up my friends who are accidentally clicky. Like my friends uh-huh. who are like my co-leads who just are swamped all night. And I'm like, you know what you could do? I know you're really busy, but like, let's be real. Have you danced with so-and-so? And they're like, no. Like some of them, some of my friends I have known for ages and I never danced with them. I knew Nils for like five years and I had never danced with him. Mm. Swamped. He, and he was like, I just, I never got, the, I never get the chance. And then he's like, 
I'm gonna make the chance. We're gonna have this happen. And then we like blew the doors off of six songs in a row. Hey, Trial was another one who had that happen to like always long conversations, never got to dance with each other. And then we're like, okay, this has gone on long enough. And it's like, I want to remind my friends, like, hey, I know you're in your world and you're doing your thing. I know you're like a popular lead on the floor, especially at Balboa events when there's like not way more follows than there are leads. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know you're in your in your vibe, but maybe decline a dance, take one of your dances, and go get, and like go dance with somebody else. Mm-hmm. You, dance with, you you dance with your friends all the time. You can dance with. I'll find you later in the night. Take take my dance. Give it to somebody. I might not ever get to dance. Who has right. to sit down more than I do because I have a certain level of like appearance that people will be like, oh, I can give her a dance. I know her. She's good. Like. I know we we don't try to be clicky, but like, it happens. And so, mm-hmm. more, the more we can like wrench those open and make people feel less alone, is really important. I fully I fully agree. So, for any listeners listening, I would suggest that you go check out uh, Nick Krushanks, Nick's from Philly's uh, podcast. He talks a lot about breaking up that click. And Demetrio's podcast with Taylor actually towards the end he brings up like some really good points. So that's definitely something that I would suggest you all check out. Now, that being said, oh, go ahead. Did you want to add something? I was else? just like, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, on the topic of like dance community and clickiness and stuff, I was curious. So you're in a you're in a special position where you are now, yeah, because you are now like judging and you are teaching and you see the Lindy Hop world from the point of view of a leader, right? Of like the, the scene. And so I was I was curious, what are some things that you've seen the professional instructors or the people who are quote unquote high up there? What are some positive things you've seen them do for the community? Um, I didn't prep you for that, my bad. No, but I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, hold on, hold on, take the moment. Good thing about ADHD is your brain races fast. Uh. Um, so the good things I've seen, uh, we'll start like organizer level. I've seen attempts at events to be a lot more inclusive of communities, especially communities that cannot afford the luxury of traveling to dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura Key, I think particularly does this really well for like Cowbow and even just this recent event that I'm heading to Baldorado. She's always been very good at like make, trying to find ways to make it affordable, find ways to get people involved who might not be able to do so. And with, apart from just working. Because just volunteering, I've been that volunteer at Camp Hollywood for many years. I told you I, once upon a time, was not being supported. So I had to do a lot of swindling to get to a lot of events. Mm-hmm. I have slept in a bathtub instead of a bed because I just was like, I need a place to stay. I don't care. I'll put pillows in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. But uh, so on an organizer level, I've seen a lot of good at- intent and uh, efforts made to like get different get get different people on the floor especially those who might not otherwise have access also in their teaching lineup they're starting to ask questions and i want them to ask more questions about like who am i hiring are there any black instructors are there any queer instructors are am i defaulting to the preferred method of only one black teaching couple you know we teach with other people right like a lot we can mm-hmm. we don't have to teach with just each other it's a little weird Mm-hmm. and then also like we don't have to just make the two queer teachers teach like you can mix I like to see this especially Lindy Focus did this recently where like 
because last year the teaching staff was staffed by Dee Daniels. And Dee had tons of fun combinations of instructors. Lots of different combinations, sometimes people who didn't hadn't taught that much together and who were getting mm-hmm. fresh ideas out of each other. And that was a lot of fun to see. The organizers could do more of this, hire more than one couple of each diverse one, bring in lots. And from a, a teaching professional perspective, one thing I'm seeing a lot of that I like is that you are starting to see some of the, the o, not the OGs because there's even more OGs, but like the generation of like Laura Keat, Jeremy Off, uh, John Tiger, you're starting to see them teach with people from the next generation down. Mm. Like I taught with John. Laura Keats teaching this weekend with Jonathan Ng. We're starting to see some, it's almost like a mentoring program, I want to say, into like the next level of like, oh, the pros. But like, we're starting to see these people who have all this good knowledge couple up with someone else who's newer in the teaching mm-hmm. world, but also has like good things to bring. Mm-hmm. They're, they're presenting new and fresh ideas in that dynamic. And I'm seeing a lot more with follows, uh, the professional follows like Joe Hoffberg and them are bringing up leaders. I want to see a lot more from the leads. I'm going to lie, the pro leads. Like y'all could be doing just a little bit more of teaching with people who aren't just your original OG partners. I get it. You guys got a thing going. But like, mm-hmm. I like seeing that dynamic. I like seeing like these gener- this generational mix between teaching and performing professionals, even for like stuff that's just like showcases. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, such a, it's like watching fresh ideas being born with each other. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm starting mm-hmm. to see that happen as far as like trying to bring in more diverse voices. Mm. And I really like that. That's that's really really cool. I like that. I have noticed like throughout the years that there's been an uptick, and that which is one of the reasons why my event invitational is going to be a very special one. So, uh, for my event that's happening around this time next year, I am going to have an invitational, and it is going to be a very special invitational and i don't uh, who knows maybe another event will have something similar before i get to do it but uh i'm gonna just say that for now i'll tell you what it is after we finish recording okay, okay. but <laughs> spoilers you gotta go to the event and find out <laughs> that's right and so um i think that's so cool that we're seeing a lot of that because for me i know that when i see andrew jose mikey pedroza or tydrick even like and, and tydrick's relatively new yeah he's know? he's he's a newer generation <laughs> Yeah, like when I see people like that, especially when I look at like Mikey and Andrew, I'm like, dude, there's a short brown man with curlyish hair that kind of looks like me and they're, they are throwing down, you know? And when I took a private with Andrew and Mikey, I realized, okay, I understand why. And it resonated with me so much. So any, I'm sure any other person of color who's like learning to swing dance now, they see you, they see all these other instructors are teaching with the, the OD instructors. I'm sure that gives them a sense of, dare I even say like safety and peace and inspiration even. I mean, that was how I felt the first time I ever saw my first black follow. That was Andrea mm-hmm. Gordon. I had never met a single black follow in Sac- like where I was in Sacramento, anywhere else. And then mm-hmm. I saw Andrea dancing and Andrea was a pa- it is a powerhouse to me where I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I've since learned, I met so many more beautiful, wonderful dancers who are similar to me 
But at the time, like I was just blown away. And I, I, I like the idea of like keeping this ball rolling and this access of like not and not just like competing or teaching, like performing with. Even if it's just like they made yeah. a show together and they put it on TikTok or they they performed it at Lindy Focus. That's still so cool. Because we're seeing yeah. these combinations of talented people that we usually wouldn't like we were we're getting away from the idea that like yes we know you have somebody who you usually work with but that doesn't have to be like the end all be all mm-hmm. that you get somebody you partner up and you're there like so so very monogamous oh <laughs> so very cis straight monogamous i'm insane so it's nice to see like start to see that fluidity of like oh my god so and so created this total thing that was like nothing like a style i've seen them do before or wow that was really cool to see like so and so like collaborate with someone and create something new and also we get to learn from each other for those mm-hmm. of us who are like becoming scene leaders it's important you know i come from a community where you learn from your elders mm-hmm. and that is a that is a form of learning to create with each other mm-hmm. so it's a new way that they're teaching us yeah and it's i think it's a it is it's a helpful way too because it's it, not to be like morbid or anything, but it's kind of like passing down the baton, right? Yeah, they're not. They're not even leaving too. I like. I joked. I yeah. Was, like Nick Williams, I was like, "You get to like enjoy now because now you're at the point where like you can throw down and take a trophy and kick an ass if you want, or you can chill and make something totally off the wall. No one's gonna get mad. Why? Because you're you. You've already mm-hmm. got like, a pile of trophies. You don't really. If you wanted to do some some wackadoo cool new idea okay let's see it like why not uh-huh. if you want to go back yeah. to go into your like eccentric old person era and just and just like make, just do whatever you want <laughs> yeah i'm yeah now my mind is just thinking of how a good amount of those trophies at atomic are nicks um <laughs> well nick mikey and nikki sorry and shaisha my bad I yeah, I think we cut out that I was I should I should threat I should threaten Nick to to do an off the walls routine with me. Although to be fair, he is a very fun individual. He probably wouldn't need much threatening. <laughs> I I think we should actually we're gonna make that the uh, the last thing. So if you stay to the end of the YouTube video in the comments, put down Nick do a routine with Annalisa Sutherland. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh no. I picked Nick Williams. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be it. Nick and Annalisa uh, routine down in the comments if you stay till the end. I know that there's a couple of people that stay to the very end. We have some diehard oh listeners. Uh, just so you know, Nick, I didn't intend for this to happen. Your name was just <laughs> in my head. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, actually, this uh, this is a good place for us to kind of start winding down. But before I go into my like my last final questions was there anything that uh you wanted to touch on that we haven't touched on yet during the entire conversation because we touched on a lot oh my god we have i'm i am a rambler of the highest order and no i i I think we've enjoyed had a great little fun conversation right here i could honestly do these with you all day we just talk (laughs) talk massive smack and be like oh my god all these things especially because it's california based i feel like because it's mm-hmm. california based it's very much the home it's like i don't even have to address the entire world because it's like very home california mm-hmm. has its own little ecosystem that i feel people like for dancing don't really realize yeah 
don't yeah, leave yeah. much, even if I haven't lived there in five years. It's like it never leaves you. No, 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 we don't. And you could always come back and live in LA. I'm just saying, you know. Just saying. Just <laughs> that's my second pitch. <laughs> just get yourself a little spot oh. down in Santa Monica. <laughs> just gonna be cute. Yeah, and I mean, now that we're there, why not? Anyone who wants to move to SoCal, just let us know. We we will welcome you with open arms. Anybody who's listening. Um, okay, so then with that in mind, we'll go into the last three questions of the podcast. So uh, the first question is, seeing as you are traveling, you're teaching, maybe some people wanted to see like videos of you dancing or whatnot, where can people find you online? Uh, okay, so online, I am on Instagram. I am under, let me check because I know myself. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Okay, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. Don't you laugh, Audrey. Don't you laugh. Oh, oh, okay, no I'm, laugh. Under, I'm under the bee's knees on Instagram, and you can very much see it's me when you look. If you just look up Annalisa Sutherland, you'll find me. And hmm. uh, I'm also on TikTok under the exact same name. I'm slowly starting to get into the habit of actually putting stuff up and, like, recording my dancing, which is something that, like, again, ADHD struggles. I, like, I forget a lot of times. I'll be like, oh, that was a hot clip. <laughs> so that's where you can find me though i am on facebook as well but really it's a gateway drug to my instagram because like i never check my facebook mm-hmm. yeah i feel you on that in the same way okay so then that was where you people can find you online so now i know you're traveling this weekend to Colorado, but what other events are you going to for the rest of the year for the rest of the year uh okay so I'm that person who's got those prospective ones. Like I haven't finished up all the details, but I'm still probably going to go. And then I have my set yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Val Dorado, obviously, literally leave tomorrow morning. I will be at a Northwest Balboa Fest in, up here in Seattle, which everyone should go to. It's fun. Um, mm-hmm. Then we're into what? August? August. Mm-hmm. I actually think I'm not traveling. So August is my birthday month. And I stay, I expect to go and party for myself. But I'm going to be at Camp Hollywood for tradition. California tradition. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to be oh September. Dear Lord, we're talking all the way out. September, I believe I'm going to be either at Lindy on the Rocks or Great Lakes Balboa Escape. Then at that point, I might be at the Old School in Madrid if I can get all my ducks in a row. And then I would probably I might try to hit I Heart Balboa. <laughs> See, question. And then I'm going to be possibly at, uh, I won't be anywhere for November, and then I'm going to be at Lindy Focus. And then I have a nice. burlesque show up here in uh, Seattle. Nice. Winning, winning. Okay. So here's the last question. So this is the last question that I ask all of my guests, all the listeners already know. But the question is, what is a message you want to leave for any swing dancers that are listening? <sighs> I would say learn the dance, learn its history, learn the music, learn its history, and then learn you and ex- and express those things through your voice. It's good to know all of our rules. It's good to know the history to respect where everything came from, but all the things you should create I want them to come from you being inspired by all these things, not somebody else, not a different voice. 
there's room in this dance for all of our voices and all of our expressions. We just have to really try to get, try to do it. It's not always going to work. And it's not always going to be great. There will be ups and downs and lefts and rights. But just keep always keeping that your north star is dancing this and being this like yourself. The eloquence. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Well, that was a wonderful note to end on. Um, Alisa, thank you so much, dear friend, for being here. Um, I will see you at Camp Hollywood, probably. Yes, maybe before then. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I like Seattle. Maybe I'll visit. Mel said I could stay with him. Time of the year. <laughs> Gaslighting season. Hey. All right. Now, every, everyone, everyone else, thank you so much for staying with us till the end. If you're listening to us on Spotify, don't forget to subscribe because you might get the episodes early, such as Tuesday night. So, highly suggest you subscribe. Everyone else, um, we will see you all next time. Bye. Thank you so much for laying us your ears on the SoCal Summer Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Spotify, and subscribe to us on YouTube. We're looking forward to putting out some great episodes for you, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.